0: Welcome to the Art of Money podcast with Art McPherson. Thanks for listening to the Art of Money podcast, artofmoneyradio.com for more information or to schedule that initial consultation. Appreciate you subscribing. Now let's get to the show. Luke McCarty, last week uh, we had the opportunity to go to Yale, Yale University. I had no business being on that campus, but we were there.
1: I felt smarter too, you know, looking at the, at their library and, and oh yeah, behind the glass case and the books were from the fourteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. It was it was amazing that just the architecture the 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 nostalgia, right? The history. Um, It felt like I was more important than I am just walking (laughs) through. (laughs) Not even going to school there. And of course, the kids, they look like the the kids are getting younger because, you know, they all look like
0: they're 12, but they're brilliant. But they're brilliant. Yeah. The reason we were there is that Luke McCarty had the opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with Roger Ibbotson, who is the professor of finance at Yale School of Finance. And William Getzman was there. He's also a professor of finance and management at Yale. And these are two very well-known, well-respected titans of the industry in finance. They've won numerous awards. It may not be a household name to you or me, but Luke, to you and just some of the other people we had with us, they were pretty excited to meet Dr. Ibbotson.
1: Yeah, very excited. I mean, he's he's put together a lot of custom indices. He has his own hedge fund. He's, he's a big proponent of, you know, not outliving your money. He's involved, you know, internally in the workings of, of quite a few annuities. And it, w- it was interesting because, you know, while we were there, they gave a presentation. So Roger Ibbotson and William Getzman, who's another professor there, they were presenting and they, they pulled out these artifacts. I mean, we just, we just jokingly talked about the library and these old books, but they pulled out these artifacts from, you know, the 1200s of like, you know, the 12 and 1400 range where it's, it's one of the first annuities and it was a lifetime annuity. And, um, from the, from the city, it was guaranteed to this gentleman to pay his sons and kids out for the remainder of their lives at 6%. And it's all documented when we think of, you know, the history of math and the history of investments and the time value of money. I mean, we were talking about things from, you know, the 1400s and, you know, even the 1200s and just like, I mean, it, it's wild to think that some of these things that we're currently doing you know, that's when they started. So with
0: that one, do you hear a clip of this conversation? Here's Luke McCarty one-on-one
1: with William Getzman and Roger Ibbotson from the campus of Yale University. All right, well, Dr. Roger Ibbotson, Professor William Getzman, thank you for the invitation to Yale University. Uh, we heard a presentation from you a little bit ago and we're sitting in Morey's, right? What is the significance of Morey's to Yale University?
2: Well, I guess it was. Uh, uh, first of all, it was built in 1849, and it's been a kind of the faculty meeting place over the over the decades. Uh, maybe not quite as much today, but certainly historically, that was the case.
1: Awesome. So a lot of a lot of famous professors, a lot of famous faculty probably sat right here in this room, or in our waiting rooms, right? And the students, of course. And the students, really, of course.
2: It really, I think you could just, even the table, every table in Morris is marked up with etchings and so forth. So, so this is
1: obviously a place
2: where the students were
1: heavily engaged. Yeah, for sure. Um, switching to finance, right, while we're here. Um, so we talk about this a lot with our clients, you know, at what dollar level will the national debt matter, right? We've gone up $10 trillion in the last Probably eight to ten years. Right? What do you think the limit is?
2: I don't think there's a limit, but it matters now. It matters. (laughs) It definitely matters now because the uh, national debt, as a percentage of GDP, is now greater than it was at the end of World War II. Mm. So this is this is a serious amount of national debt, and it's more serious because interest rates are now up. Right. It didn't matter quite as much when we were paying 1% on the on that national debt. But now we're, now we're paying over 4%. And so uh, it, it definitely matters. It's going to be a big part of our budget. I mean, it's a, you don't get any benefit from it, obviously, because you can't spend it on anything else. It's just paying the interest on the debt. And um, it basically is a, a drag on the economy.
3: I'm going to take the other perspective on this. What would have happened if we didn't run up this big debt? Why did the debt get run up? Well, we had uh, one shock after the other, uh, financial crisis then, um, then uh, COVID. And when you compare the United States with respect to GDP growth, to other developed countries, we're doing pretty well. And so, um, yes, the debt is a problem. And it, as Roger says, we haven't seen something like this since uh, the end of World War II. However, we just don't really account for the fact that it, it may be explaining why the economy has been relatively robust, even with financial markets varying, um, I think uh, the uh, employment um, that, that we've enjoyed has been partially as a result of, uh, of spending some money.
1: Yeah, and part of that spending of money, right, in my opinions, and you know, some things you guys have said you know, prior to this interview, um, is inflation. So do you feel like we could be back to the 70s where we had wave one of inflation, and maybe now we have multiple waves? Or do you think the Fed has it under control?
2: I think the Fed has been aggressive. More recently, uh, and and trying to control inflation, but the Fed balance sheet is also really bloated with a lot of uh, it was a lot of the Treasury debt and mortgages, and and all of this has really happened in the last 15 years. That that that's not recent. It's I mean it's all recent. I'm saying all in the last 15 years. So I think that the Fed is doing the right things currently, but it's. Uh, too late a lot of things. So we could have more inflation again because we have all that money flying around the system and we have all this uh, national debt. All these things could cause a recession. And if we do have the recession, it's going to lower the, in- the government intake of taxes as well. So uh, we are in a dangerous situation. I don't know what's going to happen. Actually, I guess we've all been pleasantly surprised with this apparently very soft landing that's been happening so maybe it all will work out and and uh, I would be surprised if it all works out but it seems like uh, so far I'm it, it is working out for us pretty well.
3: You know, you immediately referred back to the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and why did you do that? Because we haven't had very many episodes uh, of a, an inflation shock. And, and so you'd have to then go back to right after World War I for another period of surprisingly high inflation. So one of the problems is that history does not provide us with enough rich information about uh, inflation shocks to be able to make any good statistical forecast so there we're as economists we're relying on uh reasoning and um as roger says thinking about the uh uh, the interplay between fed activity and government uh, deficits and and so forth But, um, you know, we're doing our best as economists to highlight what could happen. But we don't have a lot of historical foundation to really make statistical forecasts.
2: Yeah, it's true that basically inflation only took place in wars or right after wars until the 1980 inflation and maybe until recently.
1: Right. Right. So given all that, you know, what what advice would you give to somebody currently retiring or maybe who, who has just retired and had a odd period in the markets, an odd time for inflation, an odd time for the Fed, you know, what kind of advice would you give them, you know, as opposed to longevity and some sort of risks and just kind of open-ended?
2: Well, I've always been an advocate of buying a lot of equities, but the one time when you really have to take less risk is as you, in those early years of retirement, because, uh, If you get hit hard, then it affects your whole retirement afterwards. So you do need to take less risk in your retirement. And the traditional way you would do that would be bonds. And bonds are in a a potentially dangerous situation here. They certainly fell dramatically last year. They're down this year. So I would uh, recommend that you look for bond substitutes, alternative products, such as as annuities in in different forms.
3: Yeah, we know there are a few different kinds of asset classes that are are uh, hedges to some extent against inflation. And uh, for example, real estate provides some inflation hedge. Uh, uh, commodities is another recently studied asset class that is an inflation hedge. But one thing is we know for sure is that uh, uh, if you're 100% in bonds because you think it's uh, low risk, and then we have a big inflation shock, that is just gonna erode the value of your portfolio dramatically. So diversifying into things that, um, um, a range of things is possible, or you know, some kind of a, a product or a financial structure like an annuity um, might be a way to make sure that you've got a floor uh, on your wealth, and uh, might, and even especially things like life annuities might help you plan uh, to. Uh, well, might help you hedge against longevity risk, which is what most of us would think about when we're approaching uh, retirement. All
1: right. Well, thank you both for being on the Art of Money radio show and podcast. It was nice meeting you. Well,
3: Same thank here. You. Nice to meet yeah. you too.
1: Thank
0: you, guys. That was William Getzman and Robert Ibbotson, professor of finance, both from Yale University. What was your takeaway from that? Luke McCarty. When you got done with that conversation and you're thinking, how can I take the information they pass along to me? And how can I help out the families that we serve at the McPherson Financial Group?
1: Some of their viewpoints were in line with ours. Of course, when it comes to risk, you know, you know, even Dr. Ibbotson, who's, who's now 80 years old, you know, talking his first comment when I said, well, you know, what would you recommend to somebody early in retirement or getting ready to retire? And he kind of started with, well, you want to own equities, but At that time in your early stages of retirement it's not the time to take that much risk because a bad market cycle could change the way your retirement plays out for the rest of your life and you know he he comes up with some solutions and some alternatives you know one of them being an annuity to pass the risk on to the insurance company um, and, and set a floor, meaning uh, um, you know the the worst case scenario you can set with the insurance company. They're just brilliant minds. I mean, they're professors at Yale. Professor Getzman went to school there and now he's teaching there. Dr. Ibison has a hedge fund. We didn't even talk about his own investment company, and you know he's written a lot of books and a lot of publications. so, just having their minds and and their viewpoints and being able to ask them questions was very interesting and a lot of fun. You know,
0: it's funny, Art McPherson gets to sit down with like Bill Murray and Brad Paisley and Tim (laughs) Tebow. (laughs) You get to sit down with two world-renowned Professors of Finance. I will sit down with The Economist, right? And Well, I'll tell you this, though. I know that, you know, uh, Art McPherson, we have the artist vault. He really has some incredible interviews with a lot of celebrities across the spectrum. But kudos to you, Luke McCarty. I know it was kind of a fun situation, kind of a different situation to be in this old historic restaurant talking to these finance professors on the campus of Yale University. You held your own, and I think you did the McPherson Financial Group proud. Well, thank you. I appreciate the feedback. Thanks for listening. Want more from Art McPherson of McPherson Financial Group?
4: Find us online at artofmoneyradio.com.